Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Here today, I've asked uh, someone that you may have already heard of, but I was blown away when I saw him in the news recently talking about the honor card. And today I've invited Bill Mangum to come and join me. Bill, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Luann. Thank you for the invitation. So tell us first a little bit about yourself. Actually, I uh, always wanted to be an artist. I think the number one question I get is, Bill, when did you know that you wanted to be an artist? And it's pretty rare, but ever since I was in kindergarten, I was the kid that never put down the box of crayon, so to speak. And all through school, whether it was middle school, high school, art was that vehicle that helped me basically pass the grade. I was a terrible student. And uh, so I would get extra credit by doing bulletin boards and such to um, get on to the next grade. But eventually I made my way to UNC Greensboro where I obtained both a Bachelor of Fine Arts as well as a Master of Fine Arts. And it was my senior year not having any money like any college student Mm -hmm. that I decided to do a painting for my mom for Christmas and all through school I had worked in various mediums but I went to a local dime store and I bought a 59 cent tray of watercolors price was right and I came back to the dorm and that evening I pulled out a uh, sheet of paper had no idea what I was doing and I did my first landscape it came together so beautifully and so effortlessly that I went back and I bought a $2.98 frame, wrapped it up and gave it to mom for Christmas. And when she opened it, she said, Billy, this is unbelievable. You need to do more. So with that, I took my life savings, uh, $4.98. <laughs> I went to the local art supply store and I bought this little Grumbarker amateur watercolor kit. And I began to teach myself how to paint in this amazing medium one that typically isn't heralded as a fine art but as I began to chase it I started getting some notoriety I started exhibiting I started winning a lot of national and international shows and I stepped right out of college in 1977 and I've been painting full-time for 40 years and I've created over 3,000 paintings I've published nine books and two films and your artwork is just phenomenal. I love it. But what I was blown away by, a couple of things. One was your heart for others. And I know that you're not perfect. None of us are. So I'm not putting you on a pedestal. But I want to highlight your heart for someone in particular. And I bought the book. And I'm reading the book about Michael's gift. Can you share a little bit about Michael and how that all started? I had a a very challenging upbringing. And with that, um, I was raised by a stepfather who was in the Navy and Pops was a, a pretty strict individual. But at the same time, there was a lot of dysfunctional aspects to that. And with that came along a lot of pursuits that I'm sure many of us have fallen victim to, 
victim to. Mine was materialism in particular. Uh, right out of college, the first two things I acquired were Cadillacs. Oh, my. You know, so I had to surround <laughs> myself with this persona of being successful. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, the meteoric success I had right after school, I fell into a straight bankruptcy within three years. Mm-hmm. And I... I felt like I knew the Lord prior to that, but it was during that bankruptcy, the humbleness and the humility of having that rug jerked out from underneath me is when I gave my life to Christ. So afterwards, as we fast forward, I met a homeless individual in 1987. And by then I had been going to church and I felt like if I did enough good things that would outweigh the bad things that I was doing. I was doing it was sort of this um, scale that I would keep. But when I went when I met Michael it was amazing because I was still on this pursuit to be the world's greatest artist uh, and at the same time God interceded and put this homeless, mentally ill individual in front of me. And like the story of the Good Samaritan, it was a window, it was a cracked window that I think God allowed me or tested me or challenged me, maybe all of that. And that morning as I bought Michael breakfast at a local Hardy's restaurant, there was something that came over me that thought, well, maybe let me just do a little bit more. And with that, I took him to a local shelter I had heard about, Greensboro Urban Ministry. And as I was getting ready to drop him off, I reached in and I pulled out my wallet. And I'm sure Michael thought I was going to give him $5, but I gave him a business card. And I said, why don't you call me in a couple days and let me know how you're doing? And he did. And that turned into a three-year friendship relationship where ultimately I became Michael's caretaker Mm. since the age of 15 he had been wandering the country in and out of various cities many times his parents had no idea where he was at Uh, but he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic at the age of 15 Mm. your uh, life had not been on that track at all you were absolutely on the, the route to success. Absolutely, yeah. And all of a sudden, there was a detour. <laughs> but you you were open enough to give this man your business card. Now, that, that's a, that could be a little scary to give a homeless person your business card. But what God did with that became a gift to you. It's, it's a tough posture, as many of us see individuals that are standing on a corner holding a sign or they approach you for money and I have to tell you even after 30 years of participating in homelessness I I shut the door sometimes and I have this tremendous guilt over that but there is no um, road map to it all Mm -hmm. and I think you just have to go by your heart and early on when I met Michael the craziest thing was as I was befriended now and I might see him every week lo and behold if he didn't wind up at my church one Sunday morning in my Sunday school of a very prominent church in my hometown and I thought to myself Lord I mean really isn't it six days a week enough I gotta do it on Sunday too and uh, it was fascinating to watch 
individual's reactions to Michael. Mm. Um, he could be a very intimidating fellow. And after a period of time, I think of many individuals trying to help Mike, ultimately I got phone calls telling me that he couldn't come there. Mm. And that's when I really struggled because if Michael couldn't come to to church, where could he go? I mean, right. there is no other place to turn. But that was at a period of time when Greensboro Urban Ministry didn't even have the facilities that it has today. It simply had an, abar- an abandoned grocery store where people slept on the floor on a mat. If Michael had been living during this time, he might have prevailed and received the assistance, the mental uh, help that he desperately needed. And there is a caveat in his life when he was involved in an accident and he ultimately wound up going to a mental hospital. And it was during that time that Michael was put on medication on a regular basis. And like a tightly uh, newborn rosebud, as Michael stayed on the drugs that assisted him, he blossomed. And I saw the personality that many people never saw. Mm. I would get glimpses of it every now and then, but ultimately he did blossom. Once he got out of Butner, unfortunately fell back into that same routine where he couldn't monitor himself. But to sum it all up, in three years, Michael tested me. (laughs) He... uh, irritated me (laughs) I ran away I came back Uh, I learned so much and at the same time I still to this day learn something every time I reach out when you reached out and you had this opportunity I believe it was when someone new started um, becoming or someone new became the director of urban ministries and they had created an honor card the year before, and it was to raise awareness and to raise money mm-hmm. so that they could help people like Michael. And then they involved you. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that and how you felt about getting involved. Well, the honor card, it, it, it was not my creation, but I guess it's turned into my uh, adopted child, so to speak. It's your legacy. um, (laughs) Hugh Morton Jr. was on the board of Greensboro Urban Ministry, and he sort of devised this idea of creating a card that people would purchase or they would make a donation of $5 or more. And what you would do is you would take and send that card to a friend or a family member, And it simply says that a gift has been given in your honor to support the needy and homeless in our community. And in 1988, a neighbor of mine, Kermit Bailey, was volunteering at Greensboro Urban Ministry. And Kermit knew me as an artist, and he asked me if I would consider doing a painting for the next honor card. I said, sure, I'd be be happy to do it. But needless to say, I forgot about it. And November rolls around, and all of a sudden, he asked me, he says, "Um, have you finished that painting yet? I said, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'll be honest with you, Kermit, I 
totally forgot about it. So I went downtown. Greensboro was going through this renovation, trying to restore old Greensboro. And I was there about 3 o'clock in the morning, sketching on the hood of my Jeep downtown, when all of a sudden, of all things, I hear in the distance, Bill, Bill! And I turn around, and it is Michael. Wow. I mean, it was just so poignant. So as Michael approached me, I was telling him what I was doing. I said, listen, why don't you walk up and down the sidewalk and give me some perspective scale to include this. And in 1988, I did a painting called Not Forgotten. And as we were striving to not forget about old Greensboro, I felt we shouldn't forget about those that need some help as well. Mm -hmm. So that year, we uh, took limited edition prints and we sold those and we underwrote the first honor card and lo and behold it raised fifty-three thousand dollars in 1988 which was pretty extraordinary in 1987 just coming off of heartbreak yourself in your own financial world Mm -hmm. could you have imagined what god would do with your little bit of obedience he definitely is good. He, he's an on-time God. And, you know, each year as I get through the season, it's in January that I start anew for the following year. Um, you know, people and many of the agencies have now become rather dependent on it. it I won't say it makes me anxious, but at the same time, um, there are times when I feel like I should lay down my own occupation and do this full time it's it's a tough juggling act but i think the bottom line as i've served on the board at greensboro urban ministry for a number of years there's a strength to being outside of the organization Mm -hmm. and as a lay person um you can become a powerful advocate and people are watching and i think it has been the consistency but it, more than anything, it's been uh, the community's faithfulness of stepping up year in and year out to purchase the honor cards. I have not given $7 million. The communities have given $7 million. Everybody doing their part, right? Right. I mean, when you think about it, isn't that what God is calling us to do? It's not like one person is supposed to do everything. God says we're the body of Christ, and you bring your painting and your gift and your talent, and other people who know that they're supposed to do something besides buy another tchotchke to give away at Christmas, they want to do something that makes a difference. So they're stepping in and doing what God is calling them to do, and together, it's amazing what God does when we are all obedient with our little bit, our part. God has, um, he certainly laid it upon a lot of people's hearts to step up. And it never surprises me. I've had individuals come into my place of business, my art gallery, and they will write a check for $1,000 and take one honor card. Mm. Uh, while the ask is $5 per card, um, Last year, the average donation was $10.23. And I just just think that says a lot uh, about 
the hearts of those individuals. And if this is just a conduit, then I'm grateful for the privilege of coming alongside and letting art be the voice for it. Uh, it's a unique privilege. Well, I want to address this from a different angle and say, okay, you allowed God to use your gift, your talent. But don't you believe that every single one of us is gifted in some way, and God is constantly giving us opportunities to use it for His glory? Have you seen that in your own life? Have you seen that in others who have been impacted by just watching this whole honor card take off? Uh, Yes, I have. One of the things that makes, I think, the honor card um, really work is that there's an authentic story behind it. And it's not just where it began. It's not its roots of with Mike Saavedra. But ever since Michael passed away, I go down on Wednesday mornings and I volunteer at the Wednesday morning prayer breakfast. And this was something that was started many years ago by a fellow by the name of Steve Lynham. And what we do is we actually supply all the food. We buy it outside of Greensboro Urban Ministry. But we come down and we provide the breakfast, and at the same time we give a very short message, which is the gospel, the hope of where people are in their plight, in their situation, and that God still loves them no matter what, even if you feel worthless. And it is oftentimes being down in the trenches, I would say, of one getting their hands dirty, that the ideas for the honor card, the people and the personalities I meet now become the subject matter for many of them over the 30 years that we've done it. I want to give some recognition to the different agencies that this honor card is helping. So if you have a list of those you'd like Mm -hmm. to just mention, I would love for you to do that. This started with one, Mm -hmm. and I just think that it's really important to see how God takes our loaves and fish mm-hmm. and grows it. So I would love for you to go ahead and share. Okay. Well, in Asheville, we um, there's a great ministry called Asheville Buncombe Community Christian Ministry, or ABCCM. And what I love about that particular ministry is that it is dedicated particularly around the veterans. There's the Veterans Hospital of North Carolina there. And about... 20% of the homeless population is made up of veterans. So a number of years ago, I did a wonderful card called The Climb, honoring them. In Boone, there's the Hospitality House of Boone. And what's unique about them is not only do they service Watauga County, but they actually are servicing five different counties up in the mountains. In Burlington, there's Allied Churches of Alamance County. Uh, in Durham is Urban Ministries of Durham. Then we have Fayetteville Urban Ministry. And then where it all began was Greensboro Urban Ministry. In Greensboro, in Greenville, it's Greenville Community Shelters. Hickory has a wonderful um, faith-based organization called Exodus Homes. Probably the tiniest but still does a fantastic job is one in Mount Airy called Shepherd's House. And then Urban Ministries of Wake County is out of Raleigh. Further east, you've got United Community Ministries in Rocky Mount. 
And then right here in our own backyard of Winston-Salem is Crisis Control Ministry. Well, I've had the privilege of working with Crisis Control and I love that ministry. But wherever you are and wherever you're listening right now, I know that there's a, a crisis control type ministry, some kind of a urban ministry in your area. So if you've been inspired today by Bill Mangum and his story, you have a story too, and God's still writing it. And he's still saying, you have a purpose that's bigger than you've ever dreamed. And Bill, I would like for you to just share on this journey, what would you say have been like the top one or two lessons that you've learned along the way of following that purpose hand in hand with God? Well, I won't be able to quote it because I'm terrible at memorization, but there is a passage in the book of James where it talks about uh, one's faith. And I think book knowledge and certainly um, knowing all that is prevalent, but there's something also about getting your hands dirty. And for me, exhibiting your faith is really sort of done through action. And oftentimes I have friends that will come up to me and they're asking me what they can do or what they should do or they maybe have have been in Bible studies or whatever. And I said, you know, I just think you need to put it to use. I think you need to come alongside a stranger and um, step outside of your comfort zone, as so many people speak about, and truly exercise it. It doesn't take much. It just simply takes a smile Mm -hmm. and a good morning and a pat on the back and a welcome pouring a cup of juice or a hot cup of coffee. And it may be the only time that day someone has been befriended. Mm. When we go down on the shelter on Wednesday, it may be the only time someone has heard of the Word of God in a week or a month. or You never know. You just never know. Or so, ever. Yeah, or ever. The uh, Lord places us in all sorts of circumstances, but I think we have to be open to... Uh, grow. Uh, the one thing that pops, even as strict as he was, he always him encouraged me to get a good education, and I think I've gotten a great education through meeting a lot of needy and homeless individuals. Mm. Uh, that's an amazing statement because people that feel like I missed the boat, I didn't go to college, I didn't get a higher education, but you're telling me. You can learn from everything around you every day, all the, all the circumstances that God provides you with are opportunities to learn. Clearly. I mean, if you want to work on your patience, <laughs> go down to the shelter. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's been great. I, I, I'm just grateful. And um, so those that are listening, if you want to hear more about it, uh, I would encourage them to go to our website. Mm -hmm. We have a great website called thehonorcard.com, and it's there that it has all of the participating agencies where they can find one in their neck of the woods and um, either support them through the purchase of an honor card, which directly helps them, or find out what their needs are and go volunteer. I love it. And there it is. 
we all have an opportunity to do more than sit on the couch or drink our eggnog and do the things that are typical this season. This season, let God start a fire in you and have a passion for other people so that when Christmas season is over, we continue on year-round, day in and day out, doing those things we're called to do. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week, where we fill you up one cup at a time. Encouragement Cafe would like to send you our coloring book devotional for a gift of any amount. Find out how to get your copy at encouragementcafe.com.